Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And does I don't not care No, I don't care Let's hear the let's hear the let's hear the hook right here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. Welcome to the low budget live, not so live bar and grill. Without the grill, low budget live without the live. We are coming to you. On a rainy, rainy morning here uh, This will be the Christmas Spectacular As evidenced by my TH Marine Ugly uh, Christmas sweater I got on today And y'all will hear this on Monday uh, On Christmas Eve, Eve And and I hope I hope all you fellas out there Got your act together I hope you do Because it's here and there's not a dang thing you can do about it now. Nothing can save you. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Your wife's going to be mad as a wet hen if you don't get her the right thing. And you know that. And you know that. And uh, I'd like to think that I pulled one out on Friday. Uh, I, I, I sure hope I did. I'm not I'm not completely sure that I did. But... Uh, I feel like I might have, I might have hit a hit a not a home run, but maybe maybe a ground rule double. <laughs> might have uh, might have pulled it pulled it off. I, I went to a place, uh, and I'm not even gonna say this because because you know my wife is is like a kid. She wants to know what she's getting for Christmas. She'll go digging through uh, you know uh, receipts and things and looking at the bank account. So you got to be sneaky with the triple threat. You know, even if I'm buying the wrong thing, she's going to know what it is. So, so it's here. I do feel like I might have pulled it off. Um, 
we we will see. We will see. Uh, going to be an interesting Christmas for this bunch around here. You know, of course, uh, it's going to be the first Christmas without my mom. So just trying to get through this thing. Try to get through this thing. And that's why today I wanted to end this this uh, this podcast season on a positive note. You know, I wanted to bring somebody on that's full of positivity because I know we've been negative on here and we've been – We've been, uh, this bass fishing world's been an uproar. And I'll be honest with you, I, I need a little dose of positive. So so we're going to end this year on a bang, on a good note with today's guest and, uh, um, you know, with the Christmas Spectacular. And this Christmas Spectacular is brought to you by the fine folks at Starbright and Startron. Starbright cleaning products making your boat look as good as new, um, you know, pretty much. Your boat can't be uh, uh, falling apart too much it's not going to take care of a a a ratchet boat you know what i mean it's not going to take a ratchet boat and make it bougie okay okay it's not going to do that but it will clean it up a little bit we got some uh, fiberglass restore they got some seat uh like some mildew cleaner they got all kind of stuff this is ultimate boat guard i really like it shines up the old ranger uh, without me having to put too much elbow grease in it which is a i'm a big fan of as you can tell don't exactly wash my rig every freaking time I take it out. Um, so thanks to those guys. Definitely coming back on board for some low-budget live in 2020. So uh, love those guys very much. Good uh, good people down there. And we're hoping to uh, shoot a traveling circus or two together next year as well. Speaking of which, while I'm on the plug train, I know a lot of y'all say, no plugs, no plugs. Well, without plugs, these shows and channels and things really don't happen the way you want them to happen. All this does uh, even though this is low budget it does cost a little bit of money to do this and so we appreciate sponsors helping us out uh, it's the same as fishing i know people get tired of hearing about uh you know the companies that support us but but it's true you know none of this would be possible without sponsors just like the tournament trail so support the people that support the sport and uh but while i'm getting plugs out i want to get one for myself so 2020 for this channel and for me Um, being removed from the FLW Tour. My focus is going to be on this channel, providing the best content I can provide um, and really getting entrenched in the YouTube world, the YouTube game. And so I started that a little bit this year with the Traveling Circus, but with uh, Austin Boyd and I following and documenting the FLW Tour um, season that I had. And the Traveling Circus will be taking a a next step in that it's going to be more of a fishing show one 30-minute episode per month. We're going to be doing vlogs in between. So it's not like you're just going to get one fishing video a month out of me. But the Traveling Circus, we, we filmed two this fall. The first one, January 8th. January 8th for my Minnesota frog fishing trip uh, back this fall. January 8th with my buddy Kyle Wood from FLW fame. Kyle's one of the editors there in the website and the magazines and taking photos on the water and do, giving you the coverage. Kyle Wood. Uh, good, good man. And we shot the very first traveling circus ever outside of a tournament um, with Tanner Lines running the camera and uh, January 8th. So we're going to do one of those a month. Okay. Another series that I'm super pumped about, and it's an idea I had last year. And it's coming to life thanks to TH Marine. And this is going to be low budget live. It's going to be a spinoff of this, but it's going to be a monthly show, a monthly series called Boats and Pros, baby. Mike popped. Boats and Pros. 
And the idea of this is pretty simple. Uh, no, we're not going to be necessarily covering your favorite pros rig top to bottom, but uh, I'm going to show up with some kind of different boat every time. That's the goal. And we will do some of these uh, in, the, in the guys' boats and showcase their sponsors and things. But I want to I find old boats, you know, all, all kind of different things. And we're going to go out and do a one-on-one interview, a little different than low-budget style, really dig deep into each guest. And uh, we have got some good, 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 good folks lined up. And they're going to be one of those a month as well. So look for that presented by TH Marine at the end of January. Okay, and the first one is a big guest, a big guest. So I, I can't wait. We haven't filmed yet. We haven't filmed yet. I'm um, going to do that in the next couple of weeks, but uh, super pumped about that. But so make sure you're subscribed. Uh, I really appreciate the support the podcast has driven. Of course, you'll have a weekly podcast uh, in 2020. That's going to be the goal, barring any major disaster, just like we've been doing weekly podcasts. Might even do two a week. like we just did because it was an important week i felt like it needed to be done so um thank you so much for supporting this and going forward and i think that the time energy effort expense everything we're going to put into this and we i've got a team um you know camera guys and that that work with me that are great people i've got some folks helping me and 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 when i say team i mean my family because this takes a lot okay to do this and and uh and so everybody that leaves a positive comment and says, hey, man, really appreciate what you're doing. That means a lot. And I know it means a lot to my wife because I do. I, I'm invested in this. And, and it does take a lot of time away from your family to do this, to, to put all of it together, to edit and to stay on social media and stay, stay involved in these conversations with everybody. So thank you and be on the lookout for all that. Um, can't wait to get, uh, to get through Christmas here and uh, bring on the new year. 2019 kicked me in the teeth a little bit. Y'all all know that. It's been well documented. But uh, ready, to, ready to have Christmas with the kiddos and, uh, and love on them, love on old, old Big, my dad, uh, Marty D, and, uh, and my brother Blake and, and my nieces. And, and just get, uh, you know, get, get through this uh, holiday the best way we know how, and that's, that's being together, you know. So uh, Merry Christmas to all y'all out there. Hope that uh, hope it's a good one. I know this can be the most difficult time of year, but man, try to get around somebody that cares about you. Okay, that that's the only advice I can get you uh, get to you that really making a difference for me. And and it's it's it, there can be some dark times right now, even even for me. Y'all know I'm a happy go lucky kind of guy, but uh, it, it's, it's rough right now. So so y'all uh, you know surround yourself with people that you care about, uh, whether that be friends, neighbors family whatever you got to do because uh, you know it ain't all christmas carols and and uh, candy canes that's for dang sure christmas time for a lot of people it's it's a hard time for people so uh and and, and i'll say this if you got somebody that uh may be having a hard time it's around you bring them into your situation you know bring them in love on them a little bit love on them a little bit and 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 speaking of a love fest just coming off of the uh, last lbl bpt debate club meeting of the minds so to speak and uh lots of comments lots of views on that one you 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 know it's been mixed you know i've seen some people hey i respect gerald's poor i've seen some people hey i don't you know he was reading a script i've seen some people uh you know love tim horton i've seen some people disagree with the things that they said one thing that i can say is uh i felt like it went 
as as well as it could have gone. Okay, you've got those guys were coming in guns blazing at me. I have obviously gone guns blazing at that organization and a lot of people in that organization on this show. They were the first two to really come on since the quote controversy started. Okay, so they were coming into a hostile environment. Um, do I believe they were super prepared? Yeah. Do I believe that they were wanting to get some points across for the organization, for themselves? Yeah, and what they were passionate about. And I let them speak. I've had a lot of comments. Why didn't you ask them this? Why didn't you ask them that? Because they requested to come on the show, and I was going to let them talk, okay? Everybody knows my viewpoints on 99% of this. I've said it on here. So I've seen a lot of comments Um you know, saying that they didn't appreciate Gerald Spoyer not apologizing to me. Well, maybe he didn't feel like he needed to. I don't, I don't know. You know, all I can do is me, and that's what I did. I apologize for the things that uh, clearly offended him that I might have been knee-jerk reaction on in the moment, and there were a lot. there's a lot more to that situation once I got to digging and found out. And, and so, you know, that's up to Gerald, and uh, I really respected him for coming on. I enjoyed hearing his story. And uh, I know a lot of other people did too. Um, you know, there was something that Tim and Gerald both said that, uh, and I tried to make this point, and I've seen this in the comments, but I do want to say this. There, there's this overwhelm, overwhelming theme coming from both of them, and it, and it is something that they were trying to get across for the organization about this no-entry fee deal, which is fantastic, which I've talked about. But they talked about how, you know, they can go talk to, and Gerald in particular said, go talk to a young high school kid um, and look him in the eye and be able to tell him, hey, man, you can do this. Well, the problem being, though, and I did bring this up, it's very expensive to do this, okay? So to get to that Bass Pro Tour level, you know, that 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 deal there, which is no entry fee, you got to go through the BFLs, which cost a lot of money. And none of this should be free. You should have to pay. It's how it's always been. I, I get it. And that's how you kind of earn your stripes, so to speak. And if you succeed, you'll get sponsors and whatnot. It happens. So you can argue this any way you want to. But, you know, now with the program set up the way it is, then you got to go to the Coasters, which costs a significant amount of money. There are smaller divisions. But then you go to this FLW Pro Circuit, which used to be the Tour. And, dude, it's going to cost you a minimum of about 60, 70 grand to fish it between entry fees and expenses, maybe 80, you know, depending on – and that's not counting boat, truck, all that. So then you got to do that for a couple years to then maybe have a chance to go to the BPT. So – that being said, it's not a perfect system. It's not. I do applaud those guys for the no-entry fee uh, mindset, okay? That is something that we need to make this a professional sport because it is high-stakes gambling. Otherwise, I've said that many times. Um, but let's, let's be honest, though. It's not going to be financially easy to get to that point for an 18, 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid. So, you know, that was said by both of those guys. That's something I wanted to address. I've seen it in the comments a lot. And, yeah, that is my opinion on that. And I tried to I, – I can't remember exactly how I worded it to Gerald. And, and Tim and I got off on some, some other things. Um, but I appreciate both of those guys coming on. This is a really small, small industry, okay? And we have to work shows around each other. We obviously we all share sponsors and we and we share um, the same dream a lot of the time and so we can have heated discussions. I can say I think it sucks and they can say I think you suck and I think we can meet in the middle and we can agree to disagree or we can get points out and I think we can have conversations like adults and that's the only way this is going to happen. So uh, that any kind of um, you know 
gaps can be bridged. And and if you're on the side of the fence, I've seen a lot of comments. If you're on the side of the fence, you're like, screw MLF. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Uh, Y'all know where I stand on it. At the same time, um, I think there will and change. I think there will be some changes coming. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. And you know what? I dare say I think that that you guys out there that are voicing your opinions, that are the hardcore bass fishing base that that utilize this show and these 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 comments and the things you send me and the things I talk about, I think will have a lot to do with the fact if something does change. I think guys like Randall Tharp speaking out. Um, I think guys like Swindle and Polinick leaving. I think all that will come together and and make that deal better. You know, it's year one. I do. I think I think it'll make it better. Um, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. But like Tim and I talked, I'm just ready to get back to some fishing talk. Um, but uh, something else I want to address, the audio glitch that happened with Tim. I've had some comments, hey, man, didn't make you look good. Nah, whatever. Okay. I had, um, I had a major issue uh, during the Scott Martin podcast when I had Upshaw on. Upshaw and I had gone for 30 minutes, and I had this massive audio glitch that I saw happening. Um, with Tim, it was like two minutes worth of the show that you missed, okay? Uh, and he was comparing uh, the Jim Wilburn situation where Jim called my bosses, Jim, the CEO of MLF, to a sponsor situation that he had. That's all you missed. You can, you can send Tim a message on Instagram, and he'll tell you about it. He'll tell you because – I had to figure out a way to cut it. It took me forever, and I'm not good at splicing audio, and I'm not good at any of that kind of crap, so it wasn't anything that made me look bad. It wasn't anything um, that needed to be taken out, okay? It, it happened, and it was about two minutes worth. I called Tim afterwards. Um, once I realized this happened, we had a 20-minute conversation. He was very kind about it. I said, look, dude, I got to cut it. He said, totally understand. Audio glitch. So that, there you go. I've had some messages on it. I've had some comments. That's fine. It is what it is. I am an honest guy, and I wasn't trying to make him look like crap in any kind of way. Tim is very understanding in the situation, and so uh, that was that. That was that. Funny about about Tim, and he and I, we we live about 45 minutes an hour apart and have worked sponsors together and have known each other for a very long time, and uh, Friday, I guess, my, my kids got out of school early, and I went down to a trampoline park, which never, ever, if you're an adult, don't jump in those. I broke my ankle about six years ago in one of those, and what I discovered is there's a dark underworld to those trampoline parks. They got a dang closet full of medical equipment, okay? Closet full, because fat guys like me get in there in their athletic pants, and they're like, this is, this is a good time. Boom! Game over. Then you break something, which I did on uh, right around my 30th birthday, six years ago. So anyways, took my kids to one of these. I'm sitting on the sideline because I ain't about to jump on one of those things and break anything else. Y'all saw a swim bait head broke my freaking ankle. I'm fragile anyways. So uh, I'm at a place down in Florence, Alabama, uh, close to where Tim lives, and I get a text from Tim, and he's like, question. And I'm thinking, what have I done now? And he says, are you at the trampoline place in Florence, Alabama? <laughs> and I said, I indeed am. And my response back was, is Boyd Duckett telling me with the Secret Service or something? Of course, we had a good laugh over that. But uh, Tim's wife, Kim, was actually uh, there with her son having a little birthday shindig. And uh, and so Mrs. Horton and I sat around and, and, and talked uh, the industry for about an hour. So 
Very small world, and so you better be able to. I'll tell you this, and this this is just how the world works. This is, and I respect people for this. You better be able to stand up for what you believe in. You better be able to uh, hear other people's opinions, and you better be able to let them voice their opinions too. Or we're never going to get anywhere. That goes with politics, religion, whatever. Just because somebody looks different than you, somebody has a different opinion than you, doesn't mean we hate them. Okay. So uh, it was awesome. I ran into her, and we took it. She said. Tim Tim said we gotta take a selfie together, It'd be funny. So we we took a selfie. I threw it up on my on my story, but it was funny. So if there's all this tension and all this hatred and all this stuff going on, like situations like that don't happen. And and I thoroughly enjoyed uh, talking with her, and I thoroughly enjoyed having Tim on. And I'm gonna have Tim back on this spring and and uh, hopefully talk about some fishing, man. So um, and and get into some stuff. I, I hope he has a good year this year and, and catches him up. Um, He's he's got a lot of things going on in his life. Kim was telling me about they you know he's staying busy, staying busy. So wanted to address that. Wanted to address uh, all of that. And and if you think you know it was a difficult show for me. You know normally I get on here and I fly off the handle or I, I express my points and I really wanted to going in. My intention was let those guys speak, ask them questions. And let the public decide one way or the other, okay? And a lot of people have. And I just say that uh, until you're in that situation, because I've, I've had some, you know, different comments and things and people saying that they thought Gerald was trying to tell me to do my podcast. And I, and I do, I am a firm believer that people think that the only way you, you should have freedom of speech or you should have uh, your own opinions is if... Um, it's the same belief that they have. And I got to text my guest here. And there's a lot of people in the world that, uh, that do believe that, that definitely believe that. And that, and that's fine. I, you know, um, Gerald and I text after the podcast, no hard feelings, blah, blah, blah. And we're, and I, I think, uh, I think, you know, I, I feel better about that. All the stuff, um, I, I needed that purge. It had been building up to having some of those guys on, and I hope that I can have more of those guys on to to you know for us to push the envelope and and let's let's get into this and uh, going into the new year here. There's going to be a lot of conversations, and uh, thank God fishing's about to start back up, actual fishing, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna jump into that. But um, I am so excited about the guests that I have today. I, I just, I can't tell you uh, how much I think of this guy. We started around the same time, and I didn't know him. I didn't know him at all. And we slowly but surely got to know each other. I, I feel like he would say uh, he considers me a friend, <laughs> like I consider him a friend. And I've been so proud of what he's accomplished in just a few short years being in this bass fishing world, and you won't find many people that will say differently. He has almost 80,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel that he started just a few years back. Uh, He got his first win with the FLW Tour this year, and it was one of the most emotional exciting things that I've ever been a part of I've ever seen uh that winning moment I've talked about it many times was was just incredible simply incredible and 
Now he's headed to the Bassmaster Opens. He's he's decided he didn't want any part of the FLW deal, and he's going to Bassmaster Opens to try to make the Elite Series. Ladies and gentlemen, let's see if we can get him on the phone. Be lat, Brian Latimer. Yo, what's up, buddy? What are you doing, my man? Well, you know, I'm I'm doing what uh, what I've been doing all fall, which is I'm sitting at the low budget live bar and grill. And I'm staring into a GoPro, talking into a microphone, hoping I don't make anybody mad. <laughs> well, I just want to preface this by then let everybody know, listening, I didn't call anybody's boss. And I called Luke Duncan a bitch. I didn't piss anybody off. I'm not mad at nobody. You I'm just you I, just I want to go I got, fishing. <laughs> I think I got quite a few friends, if I'm not mistaken. I, so. Well, I... You know, Gerald Spoyer said that the only way to get on here is to is to call me a bitch, but I, I, I disagree with him. I disagree well, with well, him immensely. I'll be, I'll be the first one to let everybody know I, I didn't I didn't do anything. I didn't I didn't make anybody mad. You got an invite. You just I got, got an a, invite. You just got an invite. And B Lad is like low budget live royalty. Okay, whenever I was trying to really figure this deal out in the beginning a couple of years ago, B Lad was always kind enough to either he was in the comments on Instagram live he came on Instagram live a couple times we've done a recorded podcast or two together so B Lat has always been uh, a Luke Duncan fan uh, and I've always been a, a probably a bigger Brian Latimer fan wait than a minute me. I didn't say all that no. well I'm well you know what I in the text message I sent you about this I said you had to talk nice about me dadgummit I'm just <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, believe me when I say that's going to be an internet comment. Yeah, he tried to make B-Lat say he was his fan, and it's clear he's not. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. exactly. So so you have been uh, very sick, sounds like. Yeah, dude, I've been bad sick, man. Like like the real deal kind of sick. I uh, I had the flu. I, I, don't know my, I don't know what day is what, but I think like last week last friday last saturday hit me like a ton of bricks i was just fine then i woke up one morning went to go get breakfast came back and then i slept the rest of the day and then uh, i woke up later that night i was i was just just real bad off and and outside i i've been just getting over that still kind of weak but um but i you know i just cough and hack like i've been smoking cigarettes all my life (laughs) last week too but i I feel 100 percent better i just can't stop coughing so you make me laugh. It, it'll it'll sound like I'm dying, but but I'm actually okay. Well, I, I, you're like me. When you live with little kids, there's germs around. That's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna bring it in. Brian yeah, has two of the cutest kids in the history of the world, but it's obvious they're carriers for strep and the flu. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I've never even had the flu before. That's so, crazy yeah, to me. That's my yeah. Thirty-seven years old. I get my first. I'm a flu victim now. Feel like I've been vandalized. Have you ever got the flu shot before? No, I have. Me either. And I'm not even sure we have that where I live. <laughs> yeah, I live yeah, I'd have to drive like 50 miles to get a flu shot. I'm not even sure we have that. We don't have cable where I live. Do you have Walgreens anywhere yeah. close? We have a CVS. You can get a flu shot there. I bet. I don't. I bet they don't have it at that one. They ain't even got no needles. I bet they ain't even got no needles. It's like a pill, probably. <laughs> it's a flu, it's flu a shot pill, and it don't even work. It's like a Flintstones it's volume. They just write flu on it with a Sharpie. It's probably a pill and some liquor. 
That sounds like where I live. Be like yeah. my my grandma uh, Duncan, God rest her soul. If you ever had a little bit of a cough, she she has some whiskey in the cabinet. Would be like here. Yeah. I, you know, when I was like nine. I'm like I don't think that's a good idea for me to do that. That and rock and rock. Yeah. Rock and rock. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. dude. That's old school. It, it is old school. Well, dude, you uh. Obviously, everybody knows your decision by now and I, 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 to, to leave the tour and go to Bass, and I do want to talk about that a little bit. I want, I want to talk about everything BLAP um, that we can. But uh, you, you, I want to go back, though, to March because I don't think there was anybody in this fishing world that was not pulling for you to get that W on Lake Seminole. And man, that was so unexpected. Like, oh I mean, man, I still, I still can't watch it. And I, I'd like literally sometimes I can be driving down the road and think, dang, dude, I really won that tournament. Like, that's, I still, uh, I still have a hard time wrapping my mind around it. So you still haven't really accepted the fact that you're an FLW Tour champion? You know, I've, I've accepted it. I just, I just can't believe it was that one. I just Seminole. cannot believe it. Yeah, I just, just cannot believe it was that. One. Where, where would you think that your first win would have came from? I don't know, but I just never would have thought Seminole. Really? I, can't, I re- honestly can't answer that. I just never in a million years would have guessed. I mean, you're a, you're a Hartwell guy. You're a you're, you know you're a Carolina guy. You fish all those lakes, and and what <laughs> people and I know they see this watching your videos. You're really a finesse guy a lot you, too. You and know, it it comes across that way that I am. I kind of I kind of actually hate it. You got to realize. <laughs> Yeah, I really do. That's where I live, and that's where what works here. Right. So when I film and the things that people see me fishing is here at home, and so that kind of stuff is just what you use to catch fish here. That's that's just the way it is. I actually hate it. I, I, I'm a much better, uh, I wouldn't say power fisherman, but I love to crank. I love to flip. I love to throw a spinner bait. That's more my wheelhouse, actually. Well, I can do that all day and not get bored. And you kind of your dad fished that way, right? You've told me that kind of your dad was meat and potatoes, like to throw a spinnerbait around, a jig well, around, stuff. He was he was actually, uh, you know, my dad's actually he was ahead of the curve on a lot of this finesse game. Really, eighties and nineties before before it became popular. We, you know, before we had a drop shot, we had at least over here in South Carolina, we had what's called a doodle worm. No, yeah. So, um, you know, it's nothing but a Texas ring worm, and, and you fished it vertical. And so, did it have a bead know, on it? Yeah, you would. You put a little glass bead on it. Yeah. Yeah, put a little glass bead on it, and the, uh, you know, some kind of little straight tail worm or something like that, and you just kind of drop it vertically and, and catch fish. We've always caught fish deep here and, and on Hartwell. Like, it's always been, you used to just catch more largemouth than what you catch now. A lot um, of big spots over there now, though. Yeah, it's, it's just, the lake is just transitioned. But he was um, a lot of a lot of what you do see me fishing for Ness, I really kind of owe all that to my dad. That's he was awesome. Way, way ahead of the curve on a lot of that stuff uh, before a lot of people were doing it. How proud was your dad of that win? You know, I think he was actually decently proud because <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, my dad's not the rah-rah ghost son. Mine either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, you did pretty good, but you, you would have caught two more pounds. It would been a lot better. Dude. You know, he's not the kind of uh, – he, he, he don't really give you a whole bunch of credit. Uh, you and I talked about that last year because 
I'd gotten one of the last checks at Cumberland last year. And my dad came up there and surprised me at the weigh-in, and, and he and I was pumped. Ten grand, had a miserable practice. I got like three bites, and I turned it into a ten thousand dollar check, you know. And I was ecstatic. And he and I go sit. And I'll never forget. We're sitting at a booth at Steak and Shake, having a milkshake, the cheeseburger. And Dad goes, "I mean, I'm proud of you, but what are you going to do? Start making some of these top twenty cuts?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, and I said, that's "Check, please." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's mentality. That's their generation. Yeah, it's just the way he is. I mean, he doesn't mean any harm by it. No. That was actually the first tournament my dad's ever come to. Ever. Really? Fields, Costas, anything. Yeah. But he was there that day. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was there that day. It's. Um, it's just. It's just one of those things. Unless you got a dad like that, it's hard to understand. They. They still love you, but they just. Just hard on you. Just hard. Well, and you do have this mentality now with the younger generations and a lot of younger parents, and I catch myself falling into it with my kids some, but it's this uh, everybody gets a medal, you know what I mean, kind of thing, and and that everybody gets everything handed to them a little bit. And so people don't know what to think when they hear a dad go, I mean, that's pretty good, but you should have made the top ten. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good, but you should have done this. And, yeah, you or have a bad tournament call and go, yeah, you pretty much sucked. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you when you get back home. I mean, yeah. th- they don't understand that kind of mentality, and uh, and so I, I respect that immensely. And I think it's made me—I uh, won't say a better person. I think it's made me who I am, though, having a oh, yeah. dad like that. And I and I wouldn't oh, take no anything doubt. for it, even on the days where I'm like, "Could you just say that was awesome?" <laughs> right, right. Yeah, <laughs> just he one just time. He just does not do that. No. It's just the way I, yeah, I mean, you're never going to get that. If you think you're going to get that, you're just going to be frustrated all your life. It, what, did, uh, what did your dad think about your move to Bass? I know he fished a club that was affiliated with Bass back in the day, and you're like me. We grew up in the same time frame. The Classic was always a really big deal to both of us. Uh, you fished some Federation tournaments, I know. You were involved with a club that was involved with the Federation. So is he excited about this move? Uh, you know – I don't think he really cares. <laughs> he just likes to see you doing what you love. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I just he it didn't make him one difference one way or the other. <laughs> I mean, just being completely honest. As long as you get the grass cut, he don't care. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I remember telling him he was like, "Yeah, you 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 going to bass?" He's like, "Huh?" I was like, "He's like, okay," and that was about it. <laughs> I mean, there was no. But now, when you're on that classic stage, though. He's yeah, gonna, that'll probably be a big deal. He's going to be there. He's going to be there. Yeah. He's yeah, going to be behind the, say, behind the scenes, I have no doubt. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, are you excited about bass? I, I, I know you're a guy that you uh, you ooze positive vibes, right? That's that's even – shout out to uh, Brian's clothing line, Vibes. Get those right. – go get on that website. Get you some of that for a, a late stocking stuffer. I doubt he's going to deliver it by Christmas. I don't think you're gonna get it. I don't think you're gonna get it by Christmas. But uh, are you excited for this change, man? Are you nervous? Are you what? What are you thinking going into uh, just a few weeks down at Toho? I, I am nervous, actually. Uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't. Let's see. How, how do you say this? I I don't want to say I didn't want to do it. Um, I, I did. I did want to switch. It's just FLW is all, all I've ever known. I right. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I fished BFLs. I, uh, I, I was honestly happy fishing at FLW, the, you know, the way that FLW has been. Right. Me too. Um, just with taking so much away, you know, 
I just didn't have anything that I felt like I, I could not see myself fishing at FLW ten years from now, five, you know, five years, you, you know, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had to do something. Um, but but to answer your question, I am excited about it because, of course, every fisherman always wants to fish the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to win an Elite Series event. Uh, those those are things that that ultimately ultimately were the reason that I that I that I did decide to switch because I I could see myself competing at Bass ten years from now, fifteen years from now, twenty years from now. I could see myself making classics. I could see myself trying to win an AOY there or to win a tournament there. I, I could I could see myself visually see myself doing that. Where with all all the stuff that's changed in FLW, it was just. It's just a vision for the future is very cloudy for me. It uh, doesn't mean it's that way for everybody or for the company in general. Right. For me, for Brian, it was very cloudy. And I don't like operating in cloudy, cloudy circumstances. And I like I like the vision to be clear because that's my motivation is is how I see myself. Well, uh, that's well put. And I, you know, I'm one of the you and I started at the exact same time, and I've been very vocal on here, so we don't even have to go down those roads. But um, you know, for me, taking away the cup was a really big deal for a lot of anglers. And, I was, and I was surprised that a lot of guys that have been loyal to FLW decided to go back this year. And a lot of them felt like they didn't have any choice, and that's fine. Um, and I respect those guys, you know, Josh Douglas and Brad Knight and Sam George and Terry Bolton. There's a lot of guys that are going back. And, and I'll, say, I'll say this right here, and I think Brian will echo this, is watch FLW this year, please. You know, there's been a lot of – noise about the guys leaving and 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 a lot of noise from this show but there are a lot of really 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 good anglers that are still going to be fishing over there that are still going to be catching them so go watch them you know watch it uh you know but but the cup going away was huge and then i think for me you work so hard and i was never this household name on tour and i and i never had a win and i never even had a top 10 as a pro and i know all those stats about myself i wasn't a brian latimer but or Scott Martin or Brian Thrift, these guys. But the fact is, now it is AAA on paper. Yeah. And, that's a, and that's a problem, you know, for sponsor perception and different things, you know? I started to have some issues with that right there at the end. Um, you know, and, and that, that was definitely a part of it uh, on the business side because they pretty much did make it a AAA, a $40,000 AAA. <laughs> Absolutely. It was that was a rub for me. It really was. I get that, and and so now you're going to the Bass Opens, man. And I think you know they got that win in your end deal, so you win one. And I know they're kind of coming to your backyard at kind of a tough time of year. Yeah, um, that's good. That's that probably helped sway that decision a little bit too. <laughs> that's gonna be a hard tournament. Uh, no, no doubt. But. You know, when we come in the spring, I honestly don't have an advantage. When they come there in March and it's, April, I, I don't have an advantage. It'll be a little different in September. That's right. That's right. That, that, that's right. The fall is a great equalizer, and that local advantage does tend to jump out more in the fall because, you know, we were over there our rookie year, and we blasted them. <laughs> I mean, it was – I mean, everybody caught 14 pounds. You know, it was it was such an awesome lake, and it became one of my favorite lakes that I've ever been to. Uh, getting to pre-fish over there for the event, and so I understand why it's so special. But that tournament in September, when I heard they were going there, I was like, "Ooh, 
Whew. Yeah. Mine's going to be what, – what, what kind of weight on average does it take in the fall to win an event on Hartwell? You know, it's pretty, it's pretty wide. Um, it depends on what the weather's doing. When it's hot, the weights are typically a little higher. If, it's, if we start to get a few cold fronts by the time of year, the weights can actually drop significantly. Hmm. Um, it's, it's weird. You think it'd be the opposite, but the, the cooler weather makes the lake turn over, and then things just get a little funky there for a while. So just depending on what what kind of uh, you know what kind of weather we have, it, it could be anywhere from as low as 13 a day to win, um, as high as I, I don't foresee you seeing much over you know 46, 47 pounds mm-hmm. three days. I, I, I don't think. It's possible. I mean, they, that Bass Nation Championship—they oh, call it a twenty-six pound. I bag. saw that, but, dude. Is so, is that a that's a giant trigger for Hartwell, though? In my yeah, opinion, yeah, that's a pretty big one. That's a pretty big one. The biggest I've ever caught at Hartwell, I caught a twenty-four pound bag in a club tournament one time. I've never seen a twenty-six that I remember anyway. Especially December. I mean, that's so. Well, that's, it's the time for it. Is that, yeah, the winter time. This is this is when his fishing's good right now. Well, that that was impressive to see, and there was another twenty three pound bag that right. day, I believe. Yeah, the lake really showed out. Twenty three. Yeah. Do yourself a favor if you're listening to this, um, and you live close, or you don't. Brian, you're still doing your guide trips, right? Some and your you angler. Know, I don't really have time to. Uh, I, I travel so much with filming and doing YouTube that I'm not at home to stay on fish to do guide trips. I was fixing to give you a shameless plug, and there you go. Yeah. It, well, go to Hartwell and 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 go fishing. Support that area because that is a bass fishing mecca over there, in my opinion. It's one of the special places in our country, and it turns out a lot of good fishermen, um, great fishermen, and uh, you know that that whole Savannah River region, I call it over there and, and i'll throw in like lanier into that too i know it's not but it is There's right. a lot of special people over there and a lot of really good fishing uh to be had it's a it's a really cool part of the country and i've always right. you know i met gagliardi years ago on lake murray and fell in love with murray and then uh got to hartwell and, fell, and he had always told me about hartwell and uh russell and uh some of those like i never have been on russell but uh uh, what do you got lake, lake kiwi over there kind of in that same neck yeah. of the woods too lots so of good fishing there's folks at uh, Joe Cassie, yeah, Joe Cassie, Kiwi, Hartwell, Russell, Clark's Hill. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, those are the lakes that I grew up. It's awesome. It's, except with the exception of Joe Cassie. I don't really go up there much, but that's a very, very special place. Oh, God. Don't hear about. Yeah. All, pretty much all of our state records on Lake Joe Cassie, which is like the headwaters of the Savannah River chain. And it's really deep, really clear, really cold. Yeah. It's got a lot of trout. It's got right. big smallmouth, big largemouth, big spots. I, it's, it's very, very deep. You and I, you and I need to do a traveling circus at Joe Cassie in about June this year. That yeah, would I, be fun. I, I haven't fished it enough to know when the best time is. I bet right about now is good, and then probably somewhere between april and may maybe even june may, maybe june but for sure april and may. i've heard they get on the bed late there because it's so deep that you can catch them up there in june gag already's told me that a few times that it just gets silly over there but uh uh dude i want to get into something that people i feel like a lot of people don't know about you that's one of my favorite things about brian latterman i think it 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 helped make us uh buddies even more than than our love for fishing that's your love for music 
Yeah, yeah, man. I, uh, I, I, bass player. Yeah, I played. Uh, I played bass in church. <laughs> Listen, my boy. I played bass in church for 17 years before I started fishing. So yeah, music's a you know, a real big part of life for me. And you and I love the same people a lot of times yeah. in this music world. But John Mayer is uh, we're firing on all cylinders with old John. Yeah, John's my favorite musician, man. That dude's just he's he's pretty amazing. He's a freak of nature, and, and we like John's bass player a lot, Pino Palladino. Right. He's just a freak of nature. Dude, I got another one for you, and I think I've texted you this, and I want to say it on here because I've been on this kick for like the last three days, and it's the best thing ever. I told you about this band, and actually, Peyote Perryman from FLW, that runs FLW Live Producer, does their television show. Peyote told me about this band when I did FLW Live back in May, and they're called Wolfpeck, V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K, and they're a right. funk band, but they got a dude named Joe Dart on the bass that might be one of the best ones I've ever heard in my life. He is a freak of nature, but they've uh, they all spawn off into different bands that solo bands, all the guys in the band, and they are uh, they are white boys playing soul music that and funk that you never see it coming. If you saw them, right. if they walked in Walmart, you'd be like. Man, they're in here to buy some, uh, what is that, like Magic the Gathering cars? They're like just little nerdy-looking white kids, and then they're just, they're bad dudes. <laughs> bad, bad dudes. So go listen to that uh, and and let me know what you think about that, for sure. There's a lot of good, the, the best music just doesn't come on the radio. That's right. There's, there's a lot of good musicians out there and a lot of good music out there that's, that's not necessarily popular. That's uh, right. Mainstream popular, but the, the the best music you gotta you gotta hunt for. You gotta dig for it. And and it's out there. Don't ever let anybody tell you that there's you know, music's changed and it's not good anymore. There is there's a lot of good artists out there and a lot of good music. Yeah, and and, and anymore with the internet and, and I, this is kinda leads into my next topic I wanna talk to you to you about is it does seem to rise up through YouTube, you know, oh, yeah. and, and and through Spotify and things. And you don't have to be on the radio anymore to be very, very, very successful musically. You got to play your butt off, play a lot of shows, write right. good music. But if you identify with a with a crowd of any kind, it starts getting spread around, and it spreads. The fires spread faster now than they ever did, you know, right. back in the day. Yeah, um, if you can't make it now. You just suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my story. <laughs> I just sucked. I had the songs. I put in the work. I just sucked. I just sucked. You know, exactly. that's how it is. It's, it's either you suck or you just haven't waited long enough. Well, I, I, there was a one or the other. There was a soul singer named uh, Caleb Holly H A W L E Y that I discovered yesterday, and he was on American Idol back in 2011. He runs around with some of these guys from Wolfpack, and uh, they're all tied into some of my other favorite bands. But any, anyways, I was reading this article that he was in and somebody the the guy doing the interview said uh man it just doesn't make sense to me that you're not immensely popular and he said just hadn't bought the right lottery ticket yet and i thought that was beautiful because it's the same way with fishing it's the same way with you know it's just when it's your time it's going to be your time and if you put in your work i really do believe it'll happen and if you're putting yourself into it and you are 1,000% 1,000% an example of a guy 
that you don't make excuses. You don't like when people say, well, if I had all that money like pros, you uh, and I talk about that, that drives you crazy. It drives me drives crazy. me crazy. If I knew somebody, all it takes is knowing somebody and I could be a pro. Well, you know, tell, tell people why you get offended by that. I know they probably heard it in your videos, I, but talk well, about that a little bit. I get so offended. A lot of it goes back to my to my pops. Honestly, I, I I used to be that guy. So let me let me preface it by saying that I used to be that guy. You know, when I was in my twenties, I'd always say, "Man, if if well, if my dad bought me a boat, or if my dad paid my entry fees like they did for so and so, or if my dad, my parents refinanced a mortgage, I I could have fixed this or that too." And my dad just finally told me one day. He was like. You know, son, if you can't make it in fishing, this you got nobody to blame but yourself. And it it was the statement that changed it changed my life. It it, it really did. So um, I I hate when people make those excuses. I, I hear it, I even hear pros, um, you know, like existing pros. You know, they they make excuses for this and make excuses for that. Or uh, you know, I just don't have support. I don't have the sponsors, this, that, and other. Dude, that stuff, it just pisses me off because I know if I, if I can make it, I didn't, nobody helped me. Nobody helped me at all. Nobody ever gave me money. My dad, he wouldn't even, my dad wouldn't even sign for me to get a loan on my first book. Wouldn't even sign for me. So, I mean, if, if I can make it in a little too red like town, and let's just be honest, I'm a black guy. I ain't never even seen anybody do what I'm trying to do. So when I hear other people complain about it, it really is like, dude, if I can do this, I know like you ain't got no excuses. I didn't, I, I just, I didn't have, matter of fact, my dad was actually, he didn't want me to fish at all. Quite honestly, just was pretty discouraging when I was a kid. So, uh, you know, it, when I, when I hear people, you know, say that they got this, you can't do it because of that. It's like, dude, we live in America. It's, if you need money, it's out there to get. You just got to figure out how to get it. And that kind of led you into your adversity as dope movement, that I, I would call it. You know, and a lot of people latched on to that, man. Yeah, and, it, it, it started uh, It started a long time before, before I realized what it was. Um, it, you know, and it, it happens a lot with just the, even in fishing, but almost every athletic sport, the people that are doing the most have the most adversity. None of the, it never works out like you think think it does. You know, some kind of athlete, he gets an injury and then he overcomes the injury. He doesn't have any money. They grew up in the project. Now he's a millionaire. It's, it's the same thing with fishing. You, you hear a lot of the pros that you know fishing, they didn't grow up with money or they grew up with boats. They had raggedy problems. They didn't have entropy money. They ran credit card debt up to, this, to the ceiling. Then they won seven classics. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, not seven, but, you know, they come out on top of winter. Um, and I don't think we're telling kids those stories enough. We're telling them the story that we like to talk about is when you make the lease series, you better get ready because you got to have $48,000 check the right that's the story we want to tell that doesn't matter it's america get some forty-eight thousand dollars. it's out there just just go find it like just just go figure it out that's what my dad is his favorite thing to say is just son you just got to figure it out so like it, it, you ought to be embarrassed that shin fukai can come from japan and make it efficient and then you can't <laughs> uh, that's you something be embarrassed of that you know like or 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 takahiro mori can come from Japan. Not know the language at all. Not even speak freaking English. And then you're over here talking about, well, I just ain't got no support. You should be you should be embarrassed of that. Shin won AOI in his first year. 
on tour. Yeah, I'm embarrassed at that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. He just cold cocked everybody. <laughs> yes, yes. You, you should be a, you should be embarrassed that Carl Jacobson can come from Australia. I don't even know. I, I don't even know if he lives in a house. No, he doesn't. Beat you. No, he doesn't. And then, and then, and then but he committed his life to it. Yes, you should be embarrassed. Committed his life it, to it, man. I, I I would be embarrassed to say I couldn't make it or I didn't have the resources. And then you got people coming. You you were already born here. <laughs> you don't even you don't need no green card. <laughs> you don't even need a green card, dude. You don't even have to have a currency transfer. <laughs> you here? Yeah, you should be embarrassed. You're in Alabama right now complaining because you can't pay for the BFLs. <laughs> It's, it's mad at somebody, mad at somebody on the internet, blaming, blaming, uh, blaming MLF that you can't fish. Right, right. You're blaming that it's every fish can't, that every fish counts, so I can't be a pro. Like, you, you should be embarrassed. Of that. Well, and I and I say this, you know, if you don't like what's going on in one situation, you're living proof of it. Scott Martin's living proof. Uh, or if you, you don't see that being your vision, you move. You know, it's the same Ooh. with Swindle and Paul. Move on. And for me, yeah, I do a lot of pissing and moaning on this podcast, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to voice what's going on. I feel like for fans because behind the scenes, I feel like they don't see it a lot of times. You know, um, but at the same time, for me, I didn't like what was going on. So guess what? Luke's going to do this year. He's going to do his podcast. He's going to do some right. TH Marine work, and he's going to do the Traveling Circus on YouTube, and that's going to be my life for 2020. And I'm going to have fun, but I'm going to be making money, okay? Call it making a living, whatever, but in the fishing world. So that's what I that's that's the little corner of it I've created. So, uh, and I never caught them as good as I wanted to at all. That's well documented. But you can do, like you said, this is America. We can do whatever we want to do. We can. Right. Yeah, you can. I mean, you really can. If you're, you know, if you're willing to wait the time, it, it took me, I, I'll be honest with you, it felt like forever. And then when I really think about it, I I feel like now, now that everything's kind of come full circle, it's, it's actually right on time. You, you see guys like pop through, especially for the kids that are watching. You see, see guys like Jacob Wheeler, or Jordan Lee pop through. Those guys are like an anomaly. They're special. That, that that's 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 a very very special. It's like that John Mayer. It's like that John. Yeah. Mayer. Yes. Special. Yes. Different. Like born in a different. Then, yeah. It's like playing the guitar and thinking you're going to be John Mayer in a year. No. Like that's that's not even. I don't want to say it's not realistic. I'm not want to say that the next kid can't be the next Jordan Lee or, or or Jacob Wheeler or whoever you know that you think the one of the best young fishermen are. But realistically, if you really think about it, if you're coming out of college right now, you need to give yourself 15 years. You need to give yourself four to five years on BFLs, four to five years at the AAA level, and four to five years at the, at the tour level before you can even start complaining about, I don't think I can, you know, I don't know if I'm ready or not. So it's really, it's really, you have to give yourself 15 years. And I used to think, God, man, these guys are so good. They're going so fast. Yada, yada, yada. Dude, it was like three people. Out no, of the, oh, yeah. The entire world. Yes. It was really like three, four fishermen. So but for the vast majority of us, us normal people, I think you better give yourself 15 years. Well, you look at a guy like, and, and you mentioned it, but look at a guy like Carl Jacobson. That got his first win this year. That qualified for the Elite Series twice now. That did well on the FLW Tour. I mean, dude, this guy didn't even bass fish until just a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not from yeah, America. Dude. So you can make it work if it's meant to be and you work hard. It can happen. 
It can definitely happen. And I, I'll touch on something that you said. This is something that, I, that I've heard said that I feel like is very important for, for young folks and adults alike to hear. Don't go and try to be Luke Duncan. Definitely don't try to do that. But don't try to be B-Lat. Don't try to be Jordan Lee. Don't try to be Jacob Whitt. Be you. Yeah, do whatever it is you do, you know? And it'll all fall into place. Flowers. Fish were in the flowers. We all flower at different times, man. And it, it, it could be it could be three years it takes you. It could be ten. It could be could be twenty. Like, like I mean, think about like a guy like Randall Clark. No, oh, wow. He, think, he didn't even bust on the scene until he was like in his late thirties or forties. Mm-hmm. Was he maybe forty? I think. Yeah. Maybe in his forties. Uh, so you know the the kids that are coming out of school, you got so much time. And like your perspective on, of of what how long this is going to take, it better be right. Or you're going to get discouraged real fast if you think you're going to do it by your 25. And there will be a handful of kids that do, but if, for the vast majority of us that are like me, it's going to it's just going to take a while. That's it. So you, you just just you just get your perspective on on time and how long this is going to take. It's it's just got to be in the right place. Well, I think that's all very important for people to hear. And I know you talk about that on your YouTube channel a ton uh, and a lot of your videos and things. And you, you try to explain to people and, and on social media, you throw up a lot of inspirational quotes and things that, that move you and you share those things. But uh, on that YouTube note, you have almost up to 80,000 subs, man. And you have this just crazy following. People love B-Lat. That's, that's one of the things that made me most proud of you. Um I had to do the because I obviously wasn't fishing on the top ten day when you won, and I and I was on the um, live feed on the comments for FLW. They'd asked me to be on there. I have never seen this response of people going, "Show B lat, what's B lat gap? B lat, B lat, B lat." If I saw that incredible. once, I said it was it was incredible. And I was like, my friend, I, dude, I was so proud, and I made a post that night. That I, I was, I was truly as proud of you and for you as anybody I've ever been proud for. And, and it was just this, it was inspirational. It was inspirational to see what you've done and you know, you, you did it the right way, man. But, but what in this YouTube thing, do you think, because it's very, and and you know all about this, there was very much a YouTube versus pro thing that was oh, going yeah. on and it still goes on it still goes yeah, on it still goes on it still goes on but it's oh you're a youtuber so you need to shut up you're not a pro because you don't right. have a jersey yeah. and a thing you know whatever right. and then meanwhile you got guys like the Googans or whatever and ben milliken some of these guys that got a million subscribers 300 400 subscribers you know i mean they're very much moving the needle in the fishing world and they're very much educating fishermen and you'll have some fishermen go well what they're saying is wrong to the ego to the kid yeah it's ego right that's just ego yeah. But but you have blended those two, I feel like, the YouTube scene and the pro scene. Second, uh, you know, Scott has done it very well, and, and I feel like you've done it very well, showing practice, showing what you did. Brandon Polnick has done that well, I feel like. Um, but, but Brandon is not as invested in the YouTube world as you are. You work so hard, and at the same time, you're showing a guy how to use a chatterbait, showing a guy – uh, what a Ned rig is after I taught you what it was when we fished at Gunnersville last year. And I actually, I was like, Brian, this is what a Ned rig is. And I showed right. you, and then you've been able to do several, right, right. several videos since then. Never since. I, you've been right. You've been right. You were wrong. And then you fished with me at Gunnersville. And I, 
it's a long story, folks. But I did teach Brian. What a net! He didn't even know. He sponsored by Z-Man. He was very confused on what a Ned rig was. And I was like, "This is a Ned rig, Brian." I I picked it up, and he was like, "Is it really?" It really opened his eyes up, and it was worth the five hour drive for him to come get in my boat that day. <laughs> I'm gonna spill. Oh my god! Uh, we we had a big time, but we joke about that. But but you you do teach, you do cover the tournaments, and. Now, though, what's funny to me, and I'd like to see what you think about this, there are so many pros that are like, swipe up to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's got one now. Yeah, everybody's got one. I think, I think here's the thing. I think, I think pros now, they, they know that they better get on it. But for one, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I think everybody's have this great idea that they're going to film and do do some stuff with youtube and then they say they figure it's out, like, so oh, much crap. work dude it's so oh, much work yeah it's it's a full-time job and you're a one-man band so i'm a one-man band man i i do for some of my straight up fishing stuff yeah which I, I tried to make this a little bit more polished i have a camera guy that that's right me, but i still edit because it's, it's just like a certain thing that i want in my video so you edit your straight up fishing videos I do all. I didn't that, realize that. Everything. Yeah. That's awesome, man. They look everything. really good. I, a lot of people don't know as well that I did not have a camera until about three or four weeks ago. All I iPhone. All iPhone. Um, and you know, GoPro here and there. I, I hate GoPros, but I I will use them to, to do like filming and you know fishing videos. Yeah. And so forth. But that's that's all I had. I, I didn't I didn't have anything at all. I, I just uh, it all started out of necessity it, it all started because I knew when I started fishing I was going to have to figure out something else to make money and I did not want to continue landscaping to fill in that gap <laughs> I, I, I was like that is not an option I hate it I don't want to see another shovel I don't want to ever drive another tractor I don't ever want to dump another load of mulch I don't want to ever nothing I was like I am going to figure out how to work every day at fishing and that's how I got started. That's YouTube. awesome, man. And it didn't, you know, it, it it just like my fishing career. It's it's been really slow. Um, I'm I'm happy with the growth, but it's probably a lot slower than a lot of a lot of other YouTubers that you'll see out there. But I have fun. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. I don't understand all the jargon that you hear camera guys <laughs> make. I don't know what resolution is i don't know what 4k is I, i'm like dude did you turn the camera on is it recording that's, that's that's pretty much all i know about filming i don't i don't really know a whole bunch about it well for what for what little you know i know a lot less <laughs> and <laughs> and in this you know i had my camera guy we did the traveling circus thing kind of doing what Paulnick did last year tried that and threw that out there and, and it did okay and uh but I've played with a lot of different things and I've got some stuff coming this year I'm really excited about. But what you said on just being work, and my wife and I actually had this uh, conversation yesterday. I, did, I, and I don't think real, pe people realize, and I'm not tooting my own horn here at all, but people hear me do this podcast and you see the little cheesy GoPro video I do and you throw it up. People don't understand how much time that takes, how much time yeah. it takes planning, you know, and, and to do all this. And my wife's like, 
you're really messing with this a lot. You know what I mean? Like it, it's right. it's a lot, man. And I only do it weekly. And and so in the spring, the goal is to add in a lot of other videos. And I don't think people realize just how much time you spend just the planning alone of where you're going to film, when you're going to film, what you're going to film. It, it's a full-time gig, man. That's why once I really got into it, it was hard for me. I could never knock any YouTuber in any field, whether it's fishing, gamers, whatever. It's so much work. So much. Work. I got so much respect for for so many of the guys that pros make fun of, or say they don't know what they're doing. I got so much respect for me them too. Because, dude, these guys are putting out videos every day, every day, <laughs> every single day. When I, when I first started doing YouTube, dude, it was all I could do to put out one video a week. Yeah, like it, it was. That's where I'm at. Thing I could do. Yeah, that that was that was hard. It would take me all week to edit one video. You know, like now I can do it and just depending on what kind of video it is, it could be anywhere from 45 minutes to, you know, even a hard video, three or four hours. But it used to take me for just a simple 15 minute video. It would be all week long. But, you know, you had this group of guys that were putting out content every single day and they were just caving in our heads as professional <laughs> fishermen when it comes to exposure and, and reaching new yeah. people. Everything that professional fishing is supposed to be doing, they did it in like a year and a half. And and that being said, that growing the sport that we keep hearing thrown out there, growing the sport, growing the sport, growing the sport. I don't think anybody's grown the sport. Uh, and I'll throw this shade at MLF, FLW, Bassmaster. Nobody's grown the sport as much as YouTubers have. Nobody. Not every single one of them, dude. They're not even touching. There's kids out there fishing now that don't even know what those organizations nope. are. Nope. Totally agree. You should be embarrassed of that. I know. They, totally agree. You should be so embarrassed of that. One, I got one of the best comments ever about a, two weeks ago or so. You know, obviously the tournament season hasn't been going on for the last couple months. And I think I inserted a clip of of me tournament fishing in one of my other videos. And somebody commented is that I didn't even know that you were a professional fisherman. <laughs> and I thought, like, that is the coolest comment. And at the same time, I was like, oh, crap, I got to do a better job. You're like, that. I'm not, yeah. But, but at the same time, I loved it because that means people are actually watching and learning about fishing through the Internet and they don't even have a clue that they don't care. They don't even they they have don't no care, clue. man. So fishing is fun. Know, Should be yeah, fun. We missed it. I think you know we we missed it. The, the industry or the tournament world as as a whole. We we just a big swing and whiff on the internet when it comes to uh, you know just telling people about our sport and how fun it is. We we, we really missed that one. And, and why do you see the comments on this section of the podcast right here? Because people get triggered and heated over the YouTube versus pro fisherman debate, especially yeah. my listeners, especially it's, it's, my it's listeners. Amazing. It's amazing. Dude. Well, it's, it's a split. Why? It's a split. You, some people are fans. Why, some people aren't. You know why the YouTubers won? You know why I like the Googans? Why they won? They made fishing fun. Mm -hmm. They didn't make it difficult. They didn't try to come up with all these complicated rhythms of, of why, you know, how we were going to grow the sport. You know what they did? They, they took a camera they went to the pond and they filmed themselves fishing. They laughed and giggled, and that was it. That's yeah. all, dude. That's all you can do. That that's all you can do is, is is that. It's not complicated how we make this grill. Look, we may maybe we don't even make it grill. Maybe it's big enough. If, if maybe if we just took care of the people that already like fishing it with snowball. I, mm -hmm. I don't even know that we need to do anything different. I think quite honestly we're, we're too impatient with our 
with the industry. We're tr- so busy trying to make it grow, so try to make it something, make it the next thing. We're not even enjoying where we are right now. Well, I, I I can say this, you know, there's a lot of, and, and Tim Horton was on and was talking about their CBS ratings and things, uh, you know, when they, they got on CBS, and that's fine, and that is reaching a different market, but you know who I want to reach? I want to reach those 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds that don't have a daddy that tournament fishes, that don't have a high school bass fishing team, that got a pond in their backyard or one that they can ride their bike to down the street, and that's who the YouTubers are reaching out to. That's and, uh, that. That's how we grow the sport. It, it it is growing. I don't think we realize how how much it really actually is growing. When those kids that are that are watching YouTube now, they're 12, 15 years old. Twenty years from now, when when they own when they're the CEO of McDonald's, and then they grew up fishing through YouTube, or, or you know, what twenty years from now when they when they own, uh, you know, whatever when they own the next. Belks, or when they own Goodyear, whatever it is, the kids that are now 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, they're going to come back to fishing and they're going to reinvest in it. So the seed has been planted. It's just, it hasn't grown yet. And we're so impatient in our industry. We're so trying to make it, we got to get payouts and no entry fees. And we got to do this and we got to this and we got to do that. It's like, dude, just wait. Just, just, just hold on. Like everything's. Everything's actually lining up just the way it's supposed to be. We're, we're just being a little bit too pushy, and a lot of stuff is going to change. I feel like in the next fifteen years, twenty years from now, it's, it's going to be a lot of money in our sport. There already is a lot of money in our sport. We just try to compare it to everything else. Major League and, Baseball and golf, yeah, the PGA Tour, it, which it's not. Which it's, it's not. not. It's just our, our our sport is just not golf. It's, it's not NASCAR. I don't want it to be. If I wanted it to be NASCAR, I would have bought a race car. <laughs> I like fishing, dude. I don't care if it's fishing for $100 or $1 million. Or just fishing, fishing in the creek with Rob Jordan. Fishing in the creek with Rob Jordan. Dude. Which I better get invited on next year. I'm done with both of you. I'll, just, right. I'll say that on camera right now. Right, right, right. now. We may, let you come. we may let you in the crowd. I'm not sure. Oh. But, but I, I am satisfied with with fishing now I, I just i don't need it to be anything bigger um do i want it to grow bigger yes i, I do but I, i'm just really obsessed with just enjoying fishing the way it is right now i'm happy with it i love it i you know what i think that's a good one to send folks into christmas on right there be that go I, on to christmas i think i send them on to christmas i think that's a good uh a good good thing to end on and y'all if you're not following him which if you're here you're following b lap but if you're not follow him on instagram follow him on the on the facebooks but definitely subscribe to his youtube channel um are you gonna you're gonna do all your normal coverage during the opens right yeah man same thing same deal same thing i've always been doing you know I'll, i'll film all the the um, practice videos, I usually do at least one day in practice. I don't do every day because I try to actually practice and focus on that. But I'll film at least one day in practice. All the tournaments. Um, if, if you guys, uh, I know I'm going to be doing quite a few shows this year because I, I'm, we only have a tournament January and then not until April. So they were in March. I'm going to be really busy. I'm doing the Columbus show. So you guys that are in around the Columbus, Ohio uh, make sure you do that. If there's anybody listening in Canada, I'm going to, to Toronto to work the show up there. 
I'm sure you guys already know what it is. I have no idea what the name of that show in Toronto is. That's cool. So, yeah, that'll be cool. Um, And Bass University. There's going to be a Bass University here in Anderson. South Carolina is registered for that. And I'm working on doing my own school for this year, too. It's going to be sometime in the last part of February. I just haven't got a location nailed down yet. So just uh, I'll be make sure I, I tell everybody as soon as I get all the details nailed down to uh, let you know so you can register for that and make sure you're there. Absolutely. That's going to be awesome. B-Lad is an amazing teacher, and he's an amazing guy, and I'm proud to call him a friend. And, and B-Lad, I know – I hear the little ones in the background. I know the Christmas crack is kicking in. That's what I call it when I pick my kids up Friday from school. It's like, ah! Oh my it's gosh, it, yeah. you, if you could bottle it and sell it, it'd be better than than any meth, any crackhead. Could buy. <laughs> I, I've got pots and pans sprouted <laughs> all over the living room. Just think about that for a second. Pots and pans in the living room. That didn't make sense, does it? <laughs> it does to a toddler, baby. <laughs> it, it does. It makes complete sense. Exactly right. <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, you and the missus. I hope y'all have an amazing Christmas. Tell the boys I said hey, and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you so much for coming on right here close to Christmas. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good Christmas. Thank you, buddy. Be lat. That was awesome, man. Such a good talk. Such a uh, such a good guy. Very very grateful. Listen to that. Listen. I don't know how well you can hear that. That rain on that tin roof, pouring rain here this morning, but. Uh, Awesome, awesome conversation with an awesome, awesome dude I'm very proud of. And, uh, you know, end end the LBL holiday season on some positivity. Um, On some positivity. I like it. Headed uh, headed down to Texas uh, this week after Christmas. Going to go down for a couple days. Fish with some folks from Sixth Sense down on some uh, East Texas lakes down there, some power plant lakes, and going to go down, fish with Mr. Ben Milliken, do some filming for a couple days, then come back. Going to try, I'm trying to put it together, um, to do a low-budget live New Year's Eve spectacular. We're going to see. We're going to see. Still trying to put that together. Um, I'll let y'all know this will be the only podcast this week. I'd like to wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, uh, happy holidays, whatever. We celebrate Christmas around here. But uh, Merry Christmas to you. Hope you, have a, ha- hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week with your family. Um, I-, I hope that you, you hug your loved ones, and, uh, and I hope that uh, Santa brings you something good. And I hope you all, uh, y'all that are married out there, got your wife, and uh, those that aren't married, your girlfriend, I hope you got something, um, something special. hope you got something special. That way you might... Uh, you know, like a little special old Christmas. Let's hope. Let's hope I pulled it out for the triple threat. I hope. I hope. Uh, going to take y'all out on my song, Biloxi Blues. Thank y'all very, very much. Ho, ho, ho. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish moss, a Civil War ghost. Well, I'm going to leave them in the past. Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter East or West North, South Wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care No, I don't care 
Listen, I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep there. think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.